Hello all and welcome! This is episode 100 of the Hillcrest Duo. It is being recorded in the Batcave, Metal John's host house at on April 26th, 2019. I am your host, Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto, and I am, of course, joined by the owner of the Batcave, Mr. Metal John. And you can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Now, this is a really big episode. It's really nice that episode 100 coincides with this because we get to talk about the culmination of pretty much the main saga of the Marvel Universe up until now. And that, of course, is Avengers Endgame. We both saw it. You saw it last night in the preview showings or, I guess, pre-midnight showings. I saw it today at 11 a.m., and we both have a lot to talk about it. We're going to do full spoilers. We will do a pretty much go through beat by beat of what happened in this flick. So if you haven't seen it yet, pretty much you might want to go elsewhere because we're not we have no restraint on spoilers in this one. It's just going to be spoiler heavy. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm really excited about doing this podcast. There's there's been a few podcasts that me and you have taped where we've reviewed movies we've talked about movies tv shows uh but this one i'll be honest with you ever since the credits rolled last night i have been thinking i cannot wait to sit down and talk through this with brad because i've got questions i've oh, got i've got issues i've got some compliments i've got a lot of things and if you listened to our previous podcast where we kind of talked a little bit about expectations going in this movie, what do we hope happens, what do we think will happen, how do we think it's going to happen, um, you know, we both kind of had some thoughts, um, uh, you know, going into it. And, you know, and now that we saw it, uh, it's, you know, it, it's it's over with yeah. and we're we're ready to go on. And uh, this is episode 100, Brad. Yes, it is. We're, we ce- we're celebrating with Happy Meals. Yeah, we got Happy Meals. Um, you've already gotten a bunch of Happy Meals because they are there are Captain there are Avengers um, uh, toys, bobbleheads. I don't know what you want to call them. Um, you've already gotten a bunch, but the one that we both got is we got Captain Marvel. Yeah, you in can, all her splendor. You can buy these toys without the Happy Meals, but really? think about, Happy Meals are a good value. I mean, well, they they're are. like it's like $3, and you get apples, you get fries, you get a burger, you get a juice or a milk. I, I mean, you, you, you get and you get a toy, and if you buy the toy by itself, it's like $1.99. So I bought a few toys standalone. I've bought a few with Happy Meals. Um, and they've got a lot of toys, by the way. They've got, I think, 24 total because there's alternates to every toy. The alternates light up. They have a button in the back of them. You push them, and they light up. I do have a few light-ups. I do not have them on this table with me. They're they're in the other room. Oh, this one has a button. That's not a light-up one, though. The light-up ones, they have blue arms. Oh, okay. The light-up ones have the blue arms. Um, one they do not have... They have a Thor, but they don't have a fat Thor. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm mad about that. Let's not um, uh, spoil anything. We're spoiling. We already said we're yeah, okay, spoiling. So, if you so, went this yes. far, it's spoiled. Yeah, it's spoiled so, um, time. There is fat spo- for Thor. But let's start with the beginning, which is before the movie. Did you get any good previews? Uh, I got to see the Star Wars preview on the big screen. Yeah, me too. And I saw it in what is called Imagine's Emax, which is somewhere between the regular movie theater screen and an IMAX. So, Oh, yeah. nice. So it was really nice. What, uh, give a give a plug. What theater did you go to? Today? I went to Imagine in Frankfurt, which is one of those purveyors of really, really luxurious. That and a very new food. theater, too. Yes. 
bring you your food. They have alcohol, just giving you the full, the full ride. Very nice. I went uh, last night. I saw it at IPIC, which is a, <laughs> it's a smaller theater chain, like not as well known as like the Regals and the AMC, but also a very luxurious theater. Like me and you saw Deadpool there. Yes, and it's an expensive theater. To see it, it is expensive. Um, I learned the hard way. That if you do not have the VIP seats, you do not get a, a waiter. No. Um, and you don't get free popcorn. No. But you do get a comfortable chair. It just doesn't recline. Um, but we didn't have the VIP seats. We had the regular seats. Because you're a regular uh, P. Yeah. And it was still uh, a, a very enjoyable experience. You had a packed crowd, a very animate crowd. I was going to, that's another thing I want to ask. And we'll talk more about the, as we're going through it, the reactions from the crowd. But. My crowd last night in the theater, very animate, like very loud, very like supportive of some things, you know, gasping at other things, um, clapping a lot, cheering a lot, jeering a lot. Like there was a lot of that in, in our theater no, last he, night. What about you? In, nothing like that in mine. Mine was, I guess, more subdued. It was 11 a.m., people still waking up, maybe some people who saw it last night and need to see it again right away. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is usually these early, the the first few showings, like the, you know, the 6, 7, 10, midnight showings on opening Night, those are usually the ones that are going to have the animate crowd because those are the big fans. Yes, I, I, and, I almost you know, did. And I, just, I do kind of love that atmosphere on yeah. opening night. Like, I, I even going to see Star Wars, I have to go to that first show. Oh, I will because be the crowd to that is one. just nuts. It's like being at a concert, like, you know, when the crowd is just reacting to some, some things and nobody's being obnoxious about it, you know, they're just no. Everybody's all in sync, you know. It's like you cheer when the lights go off. You cheer when this happens. But anyways, uh, let's let's get into it. This well, is going to be wait, a long wait, podcast. I do want to talk about the one trailer I saw for a f- Amazon show coming out that you'll probably end up liking, and it's probably just based on at least one of the stars, if not both the stars. It is um, Good Omens. It's an adaptation of an Neil Gaiman book, and it's about. An angel and a demon who have been living on Earth since the, the creation who want to stop the war between heaven and hell, which will destroy Earth because they've grown to liking it. One of them is played by, as I move my um, uh, cursor, Michael Sheen as the angel who's been living on a Earth the entire time. And the other one, Crowley, the demon who snake who tempted Eve, played by Dave Tennant. Oh. Dave Tennant as a demon being all sarcastic and insincere. I'm in. In a comedy um, a show about trying to stop the end of the world. And that show is coming to Amazon Prime. Oh. Yeah. I did not <laughs> know about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh, it's coming to Amazon Prime? I need to see this. Uh, yeah, I'll have to definitely tune in for that because... Uh, you know, I'm I'm running out of shows now. I yeah. mean, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, so we won't get into Game of Thrones on Sorry. the podcast. I, I don't have the, the home box. It, it's okay, though. Uh, but, you know, that's wrapping up. I mean, a lot of my shows are done and wrapping up and... I'm looking for some new some new material, so that that sounds good. I'm I'm May thirty first. May thirty first. I'm in. Count me in because right now I got like Twilight Zone. Still gonna watch last night's episode, but uh, <laughs> well, obviously you have other things to do. No, that sounds really cool, and that's cool. They showed an Amazon preview at the movie because usually well, you just this get movie wasn't. Previews. It was one of the the technical technically wasn't one of the. 
Oh, like the commercial. The commercials before the previews. We always get the M and M's commercial. Yeah. No, this is an envelope. Okay, let's get into the movie. Um, starts out. It starts out with you not even realizing it's starting. Yeah, because you just cut right to the farm. Mm Mm-hmm. And and Clinton is doing stuff. And then all he's doing stuff, <laughs> teaching his daughter how to um, shoot arrows. Kids are playing ball. One kid's defiling a hot dog. Yeah, and then there's a whole hot dog conversation taking place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of the theater I was in. Uh, so after I think it was right after the Star Wars trailer ended, the theater got like ten percent darker. I was like, oh, movie time, and then all of a sudden it cuts to that that scene. I was like, oh, we're in the movie now. Like, there's no like. You know, the Marvel credits, like, none of that, nope. like, before. It just starts. Just started. Um, so, yeah, you start with Clint, played by Jeremy Renner. And, yeah, they're, you know, having a it's good a, old family barbecue, BBQ fa- with hot dogs. A family picnic, and then it's what it happened to him when the snap happened. Yeah, so, because you, you don't know where this is at in the time period, but then all of a sudden he, he turns around and his daughter's gone. Mm-hmm. And then he's looking for the rest of his family, and they're all gone. Yeah. Um... And and then you're like, oh, and that Poor was guy. that was our first audience reaction. The big gasp. <gasps> Poor no. guy. No. Kind of knew that one was coming by the commercials, though. Yeah. So that uh, you know, so that's where we start with the movie. Um, and you know, uh, whatever. I mean, I didn't gasp. No, it was a, it was something that you knew would probably be coming. That's when we actually start going into pretty much overdrive for the first segment and we go out to tony stark adrift in space with nebula yep playing uh paper football (laughs) football and it looks like it's the end of the line for all good old tony Uh, boy he says he's got 24 hours of oxygen left Mm -hmm. um seems looks like he clearly lost a lot of weight yep (laughs) even though we don't know how long. 21 days. Yeah, 21 days. So, yeah, he's, you know. 21 days, you'll lose weight. Losing weight. Yeah, I watched Survivor. And <laughs> he, you know, running out of air, but he's leaving, like, little video blogs, to you ho- know. Hopefully it'll get to Pepper if if she's still there. Yes, if, if she survived the snap, which we weren't sure if she did or not. Um, and. He dozes off. Yeah. And Only then. to be rescued by. Captain Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel makes an appearance and 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 brings his ship back down to uh, the Avengers headquarters on Earth. On Earth, this Earth, um, and yeah, so saves Tony Stark and and then you know we get a little bit of um uh, to do with him saying, "I knew this was going to happen." Yells at Captain Marvel, "Where have you been?" She actually does give an explanation for why she wasn't there. Like, well, this is happening on every planet, and they don't have Avengers there. And, and, and you're like, well, if she knew they were there, okay, cool. That's a yep. good explanation. I mean, one thing... Fair play. One thing they did not do over this piece of introducing Captain, Captain Marvel into this movie was she just appeared. So, for those of you that did not watch the Captain Marvel movie... Are completely you, or maybe you did, but you didn't see the end credit scene. Yeah, um, you don't realize that she gets the page that uh, Fury gave her, and she shows up saying, "Hey, where's 
Stark. No, where's Fury? I'm sorry, where's Fury? So basically that scene should have been in this movie, but wasn't in this movie. It was in in the end credits of Captain Marvel. And and she is already there, already established, and she's helping them find Stark. So obviously she, you know, they... She's been there for 21 days. Yeah, they locate Stark's ship. She's... Superpowers up. She grabs it. She just brings the ship down on one arm like a basketball dribble, <laughs> spinning on her on her on her uh, like a badass. Yeah, and she she brings the brings the ship down and saves uh, Nebula and and uh, Stark, and then they start their uh, conversations about uh, how you know, to get that bastard Thanos. Yeah, and uh, and um, well. I suppose the plan goes as well as they could have. Ex- everything they want, they they accomplished ninety five percent of the plan. Yeah, ninety five percent of the plan worked to a T. They kicked his ass. Well, they had a, they went they recruited Thor. Yes, which no, he was still there at the time. I'm sorry, that's right, he was still there. He was still there. He he wasn't fun Thor yet. That's right. That's right. So they so they you know what's left of the Avengers, they. Get in the ship. They they go to where Thanos is basically living his retirement life. Yes, he's happy. He thinks he's warm, relaxed, like just doing his thing, hanging out. And they ambush him. They, you know, they corner him. He continues to explain why he did what he did. He continues to stand by what he did and why he thinks it's a good thing, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then Thor... He says he destroyed the Infinity Stones, meaning that last 5% of the plan that they had to bring everyone back, gone. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the other thing. So, the Infinity Stones now, they are no more. They're destroyed. He destroyed them. And so, the plan of getting those stones is out the window, but... The plan of killing Thanos is still in play. And, <laughs> and Thor, Thor does a good job. And yeah, Thor smashes his head in. Thanos is dead. Um, the end. Now, I, well, that, would, that I would say is like the first act of the movie. And it's it, a very... But it's very quick. I yes. would say all this plays out in like less than, what, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah. Like, it's very quick. And it's like, wow, that was quick. So they killed Thanos... And then, how much would you have laughed if they had had the balls to start running credits? <laughs> well, I think dun, after that is when dun, they started running dun, the title dun, credits, right? Dun, uh, yes. And, and you know, so now you're going five years later. Yes. So and, now everybody has now adapted to their new. And that's life. actually one of my favorite parts about this movie is the five years later part, where some people are obviously a lot of people are still clinging onto the past, but some people are obviously thriving and they've moved on from the snap. Yes, uh, you know we see memorials that are yeah. that are up for for people, um, and this is actually where Ant Man comes back. Yes, he, <laughs> so, com- he comes back. Um, a rat almost accidentally hits the button to start the ex- accelerator, and he comes back. So he pops back, not knowing anything that happened. No, because for him it's been about five minutes. Yep. So as I believe he said. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, about five. You know. Five, five five years minutes, for five us minutes, is five minutes. minutes for him. Yeah. So he comes back not knowing what's going on. Obviously, does what anybody else would do in that situation. You go to the Avengers headquarters and you knock on the door. Well, no. First <laughs> thing he did is he did go to see his daughter. Yes. He he went and found his family because luckily they weren't snapped away. 
But then he did go to the Avengers and say, I got this crazy plan. Because I've been in the quantum zone. And using this, we can do time travel. We can do a time heist. Bill and Ted style. Yes. Um, And, you know, so they have to recruit Tony Stark for this, of course. Because he's he's the brain. He's the smart, smart one. And I have to say, that's one of the parts of this movie that kind of bothered me. Because he went from being adamantly completely against it and rightfully so because of a lot a lot of, of the people that um, are left he's one of those people that's thrived he's moved out to the country he's married he's got a daughter he has no reason to try and bring these people back he has every right to be selfish and just enjoy the life he has yeah i mean and and this movie um plays with that that moral compass mm-hmm. where like you said some people have moved on. Yes. We're just like in life, we have people in our lives that are going to die. Yeah. And we will be sad. Yep. We will miss them, mm-hmm. but ultimately we will move on and we will cherish their memories. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and if you get that chance to turn back the clock, like maybe in some situations you wouldn't want to do that just because it's not gonna well yeah it's not gonna change everything you know it's gonna fix a small problem no there was no way he'd be willing to turn back the clock those five years because he has a daughter he's married he wants to just bring them back to where we are now that was the plan he could abide by yeah so that well i mean and that was what stark wanted um and and, you know and it seemed like he wasn't going to be part of this plan because he kind of said thanks but no thanks and Everybody then, left without and, their lunch. Yes, and then about eight hours later, he's like, you know what? And he starts looking into it. And yes. he's like, hmm, this could work. And then he decides to... Run one last program, and it works. He says shit in front of his daughter. Yep. And <laughs> she says it back. And it's adorable, because it's a precocious, like, five-year-old saying shit. Yep. Man, a lot of bad language in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, he, he, they decide to go and, uh, do it. This is the plan now. They're going to go back. The plan is in motion now. Wait, they, before we get into the plan, we do have to talk about one of the funnier scenes that happened when Hulk, who is now Bruce Banner and the Hulk at the same time, he's figured out how to do that by exposing himself to more gamma radiation, sends Scott Lang into the time sphere to the time stream, but does it wrong for one of the funniest gags of this movie of him becoming a child, an old man, a baby, and then himself. And I think maybe my favorite line, I think old me or baby me or me peed the suit. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That was uh, a very funny moment. Just the, the trailing for... Or me. And even around that same time, too, the, the scene at the restaurant following yes. that with uh, with the kids that come up to the Hulk to get a photo with him. And Paul Rudd, uh, well, I, you know. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Scott Lang. Scott Lang is like, you want a photo with me? I'm Ant-Man. And they're like, who, what? And there's this whole awkward moment there, which is really funny. Yes. Um. And and so Scott, um, uh, Paul Rudd does a lot of the comedic heavy lifting for this movie. Yeah, I mean we're gonna get more into details, but I'll just say this right now since you brought it up. 
For me personally, Ant-Man was my favorite character in this movie. You know, he's a, he's certainly amongst uh, up there. Obviously, I'm gonna probably be partial to Cap or Tony because it's their story being told. Really, if you look at the overall arc. Yeah. No, well, I mean, and we already know what we're getting with Robert Downey yeah. Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man. He is going to bring a lot of comedy. Yeah, and he did. Yes. Uh, his, well, great with the one-liners, the reactions, just the quick quirps. Like, we're used to that by now, though. We've seen this in several films where yeah. maybe with Paul Rudd and Ant-Man, we know Paul Rudd's humor as an actor, but, like, in this as Ant-Man, other than the Ant-Man movies, we don't get a lot mm-hmm. of him. But he's got a big role in this movie, yeah. which we're going to get into. But he kind of almost is like that Robert Downey Jr. in training. You know, kind of roll like he's be. got the quick quirps too, and the one-liners and like the jokes, and he's right in line with that. Yeah. So uh, we get some uh, good see- more comedic scenes from Scott Lang just before they do the test one, where he's like, "We only have a limited number of these pin particles. We only have enough, have enough for everyone to go in two tests. So don't smash it." Well, they have to big- go recruit Thor too. But oh, recruiting Thor. Did you th- did you see that coming at all? So I, see- no, no, I didn't see that coming. But but <laughs> the fact Thor. that but the but when they go to get Thor and like yeah he's you know he's he hasn't come out in a while. Good luck and and then you just see that he's like living, you know, the big Lebowski life yes. as Robert Downey Jr. even called him Lebowski. I <laughs> uh, he's he's drinking beer. He's drunk twenty four seven. He's got a big he's beer playing belly. Video games. Playing video games. Fortnite, Fortnite actually. And that, that was actually a note I wrote down. Like, why is Fortnite still the top game five years from now? Yeah, and that actually led me to another question. What year does this exactly take? Because the Marvel timeline started getting kind of cattywampus around Iron Man three. So I have no idea what year this actually is. Well then remember they do tell you what years later on. Oh, yeah. Like when the teams jump, they'll say 2012. Okay. And they're in New York or whatever. Anyways, so carry Yeah, so then we get introduced to the new Thor, the fat Thor. Um, obviously, the audience reaction in my theater and myself <laughs> loved it. I was like, oh, my this that was is one great. Of this is like, this is like a true, like real moment. Whereas, yes. Five years later, Stark living the happy life with the family, with the kid, playing yes. hide go seek with his daughter. But then on the other side of the thing, somebody like Thor, who's probably not going to find love, happiness, and settle down. So why not just drink beer and you hang know out live with like your a friends? Kid? Yeah, and hang out with your friends. So you kind of get both aspects of that on the five year later thing. <laughs> now, where my question would come in in this point is: five years later, you've got Rogers. And you've got uh, a, a Black Widow. They're just hanging out at the Avengers. So are they're still being Avengers? Well, you know, um, Black are, Widow is pretty much leading the global force to try and keep order, and uh, Rogers is, you know, doing those um help seminars, trying yep. to help people with loss. Yep. Um. And, and they have their group chat. <laughs> like yes. they have like a group chat to check in on things. Um, See yeah. Carol's new haircut, which is more in line with what she looks like in the comic books. Yes. Um, so they they did a good job of kind of identifying where people are in those mm-hmm. five years, and and we kind of get like a like. Uh, I, I just love how you, you see both sides of it. I mean, in the fact that they made Thor become the washed-up guy. Yeah. You know? And I, in that scene with the Snapchat is the FaceTiming, they... 
write dumb Captain Marvel out of the movie for the bulk of it in a pretty good way, saying, this is happening all over the universe. You guys have um, superheroes on your planet. Not every planet does. I'm a little busy. Yep. Rocket's like, oh, okay, good point. Yeah. Good old Rocket. (laughs) Uh, So anyways... um, They finally all decide, yes, all right, we're going to we're gonna try this whole going back in time thing. And, and, and the plan is to go back in time and, and grab the stones before Thanos can get yes, the stones. Yes, at specific points where they know where they are. Yes. So they, uh, they break up into teams of two or three, and they each go back to doing it. That's and it. <laughs> I would say at this moment in the movie... Is where I started to lose it. Why? I did not want this to happen. I did not want this to be the cop-out. Well, you knew they were going to have to think of a way to bring them back. And it had to do with time travel. It was the only way. But this is where... You know, I'm gonna get more into it later, but I'm just saying this is... is, At this moment, moment, I'm like, okay, they're really gonna do this. This is the one thing I really didn't want them to do. As a vessel to correct what happened, this is the best way. Because bear in mind, they're not really taking the stones. They're taking them for what it's going to seem like in the timeline is less than a moment. And I like that um, uh, well-thought-out plan in terms of writing is that they decided, yeah, we're going to take the stones, but they're going to go back and be put back so Thanos can take them the first time. Got it. Yep. Oh, and we're going to get into that. Uh, but anyway, so let's cut to a couple of these scenes. So we've get a couple of the Avengers go to, uh, I, I don't know, which one the do you origi- want to start with? Let's start with the original Avengers who go to 2012 when the Chitauri attack. You have Scott Lang, you have Hulk, you have Stark, and you have um, Captain America. And they come in and they see Thor rampaging. Yep. And they're like... You go get the um, uh, Time Stone uh, banner, but you might want to destroy some stuff. <sighs> Do I gotta? <laughs> and he just kind of reluctantly smashes things. And it's amusing as you can tell we're in the Batcave because... Yeah, Selena's here. She's hanging out as a special guest, my cat. Anyways, so yeah, they, uh, you know, they seem, uh, their, their mission, they're, they're going to get that stone. And then we kind of cut to like where a couple of our other characters end up. Uh, obviously, I think the most entertaining one is, you know, the one that takes place at uh, Avengers headquarters. Oh, all that um, uh, fun stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Where they're actually watching themselves have a have an internal group conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yo, weight limit, Hulk. <laughs> and there they're oh. trying to get the stone out of Loki's scepter. Yes. And trying to get the um, uh, space stone. The right. Tesseract. Space yes. stone. And it led to one of the more amusing fight scenes that I didn't think we were going to see, and that's Captain America fighting Captain America. Yeah, well, this is right after Loki escapes. Like, which, by the way, at this moment, he still I escaped. started getting interested because because they're escorting Loki out, mm-hmm. and uh, Stark has that heart attack, drops the case, the Tesseract comes out. Right into Loki's arms. He picks it up and he's gone. And at that moment, I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh my God, they're oh, yeah. messing up the whole past. Yeah. They're screwing everything up as opposed to following those back to the future rules of don't mess with the timeline. 
Because if you mess with the timeline, then you got to go even further well, back. That, and that, re- is a, that is something and I'm going to bring it. up near the end because yeah. that's one of the questions is. But, but I'm watching get, the movie thinking like yeah. that, and I'm like, oh my God, they're messing up the timeline. You know, Loki's gone now, and, you know, and then all these other events play out, which leads to Captain fighting Captain, and Captain thinks Captain of the Past is thinking that he's fighting Loki. And he's like, I got Loki, and. He's not fighting Loki. No. He's actually fighting his future self. Who's a little slower, but a little more um, sly and nefarious in his fighting style. Which is how he gets the upper hand. But it also led to one of the best lines. I can do this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be careful. She's going to jump on your back. <laughs> Just let her get in your lap. That's what she wants. But anyways. Yeah, um, and... Yeah, very entertaining, but again, I'm thinking, oh man, they're messing with the timeline. Exactly, and that's one. That I have a lot of questions about the timeline at the end that we'll get to. But oh, so do I. So I'm glad we're gonna we're gonna ask a lot of questions. But um, um, uh, then we can go, I guess, to the outer space contingent, which is you have uh, Scarlet Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and Jeremy Rayner's Ronan slash Hawkeye. Yes, and they are going after um, the Soul Stone. And, and and we know already from Civil War how you get the Soul Stone. From, uh, from Infinity War, not Civil War. Yeah, I'm sorry, Infinity War. We know how you get the Soul Stone by going to the cliff and um, getting rid of something you love. Yes. <laughs> Selena likes the microphone. Um, but yeah, so you, you get it by... Having to sacrifice a soul for a soul. So I saw this coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think most people did. Like, they're both there. They both care about each other. Like, you know. They're both going to try and save the other one. And I I thought Clint had had her beat. Yeah. That was kind of cool how you think it's this one. But nope. They they did a good swappity-doo. First, it looked like um, uh, that Black Widow was going to get to do it. But then... uh, Clint got up and it looked like he was because he made the jump, but he gets tethered and down goes Black Widow and she's gone. Yep. And I got a little weepy. You did? I did, but I'm an, I'm, a, I'm an easy mark. I cried for Yandu. All um, right, so, I mean, then again, switching over to my, my emotional s- state at this point. Well, first of soulless. all, I'm, well, I have no emotion. I have no, no attachments. I have no emotional attachment to Black Widow or to Jeremy Renner Clint. I have I have no emotional attachment to them. So I knew one of them was gonna die in that scene, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool, you know, and it ends up being Black Widow. But again, you got that Oh my god. Well, because I was because people and, and then you and I heard sniffles. People, I heard sniffles. I heard people crying. Yeah, yeah that was me. And there I are people and, like you know me my who reaction. Still feel. My reaction? What? I had a smile. I was there like, are, oh, we got a death. We got our first death in the new Avengers movie. Because there are people like me who still feel things metal, unlike soulless things. Like, yeah, I'm out of words. You, you, you're a. So we got our first death. People yeah. sob. I don't sob. Inside, I'm kind of happy because I'm like, oh, we have a death, and it's not a death we were expecting. Going into this movie, we were kind of expecting Stark and Captain to die yeah. because we know they're not doing any more movies, those two actors. Right. Um, so we kind of thought that that would happen, but 
Anybody else, we don't know. Like, who's fair game? Who's not fair game? We knew some guys like Spider-Man probably not going to die in this movie because he's and got the, more movies yes. coming out. Anyways, so... Well, let's get to the other stone because we're actually at 35 minutes right oh now. Oh my god, we, and we've got a long ways to go. Yeah, All right, so, so let's so. Um, get to the next stone, and that's the team of um, War Machine and Nebula, and that actually is one of the more intriguing stories. <laughs> yep. Well, again, because they obviously get their stone pretty quickly, but it leads to them getting caught by the 2014 version of Thanos. Yeah. Which leads to the pretty much the big twist of the movie. Yeah, so Thanos gets a hold of Future Neb- or Future Nebula. Um well, gets a hold of her mind because well, and her, but and her eventually. but he's able to use Nebula, his Nebula in his time period. He's able to use her mind they're on the to connect network. to connect to the other Nebula's mind. And basically pull all of her thoughts, showing that, he showing wins. basically, showing basically the entire Infinity War plot. He, yeah. so, he sees that they won. He sees that how he won. He saw that you know. Oh, now they're trying to undo to, what to I undo did. It. I don't like that. And and so he's now getting the upper hand. Yes. And this is where I kind of sit up on the edge of my seat again and smile. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So. Thor's actually now going to have the upper hand, and he's going to be able to stop them from stopping him. Yes. I was like, this is awesome. This is cool. This, and is, like, this adds, is where I'm this like, adds another yeah. level of, of excitement for the movie because it kind of added that this level what, of unpredictability. Yeah. It put me on edge for the rest of the movie. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited there at that point. But then now we, we jump into where I'd say let's just stop and bring it back to where all of them come back now. They all come back with yes. their stones. Except minus... for um, Nebula, who has been replaced by the past Nebula. Yes. So the past Nebula has has uh, has come in as sort of like a, uh, a secret agent. Mole. A mole for Thanos. And she's coming into the future now um, as well. Yeah, she's coming into the future now. And... Black Widow's not. She's dead. So we have that. She's whole, gone for We good. have that old moment where they all look at each other and oh, I loved her. Oh, I'm anyways, here, I'm sappy moment. Yeah. Fast forward the sappy moment. Uh, <laughs> they construct a gauntlet. Yes. For the stones. Oh and, wait, no, we didn't talk about um uh, one. I'm getting the last stone, the Tesseract in the 70s. Yes. There which we, we almost uh, I'm skipped over. Yeah. Well, which is a fun I'm, little bit of um. Uh, Kind of um, centrifuge and intrigue as they infiltrate a military base. Yep. And well, the only reason why they have to do that is because the Tesseracts got... Got, 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 got gone. Loki took it. So now they have to go back even further in the past. To a to, point where they can get both some PIM particles because they need more to get going. And they need to be able to get the Tesseract. And the only place they do that was in the 1970s when Hank Pym and Howard Stark were working together on a military institution. Yep, and Tony gets to talk to his dad, and this is a um, a scene that I thought was very poignant and very good, except for one line, because they lay it on way too thick to uh, telegraph it, and that was, "I never sac- make a, the real personal sacrifice from Howard Stark." That line, adjust- I, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was something along those yeah, I know lines. Li- yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he says, "I never make." The per- she tells me I'm never, I'm never willing to make the personal sacrifice. I'm like, well, Tony's dying. Yes. As, and he's going to do it willingly. Foreshadowing. That, well, that, 
they, that was foreshadowing. Um, uh, well, sorry, I'll get to what I was about to say um, in about probably five to ten minutes. But okay. It's okay, so now we talked about the fun centrifuge in the past. We get to see um, Captain America see Peggy a little bit in the past. Everything is um, now as it needs to be to set everything up. They have all the stones to try and recreate a gauntlet. Now they need to pick someone to snap. As Also, we didn't talk about Thor, but Thor's um, storyline, Thor and Rockets, was kind of just a throwaway, and it was more about trying to get Thor in a better mental state for the upcoming battle. He gets to see his mother, which was nice, but overall it didn't do much for me. No, same. And also, it goes back to what other, what a lot of them did. If you think about it, every single one of those situations, they pretty much messed with the timeline by making a mistake. And in Thor's and that, case, he made the mistake of talking to his mom. Well, that one I'm willing to pass because she knows he's from the future, and she tells him, don't tell me anything. I'm willing to forgive that one because... She knows it, and she knows that he can't tell her anything, and she doesn't want him to. Yep. So I'm willing to forgive that one. So, yeah, so we need to speed things up so we can get into our post-thoughts. But, yeah, so anyways, uh, we're back at the Avengers headquarters. They're building the gauntlet. Now Nebula is opening up the portal for Thanos to come in. Comes in, rockets blazing, destroys everything. Wait, wait, wait. After... After they bring everyone back, though, is an important detail. They yeah. ma- they've made the gauntlet and brought everyone back. Yes. So you think they've won, but this is at the two-hour point. There's still an hour of flick left when they bring everyone back. So that tells you they're looking for a long and protracted battle. But here's here's the one thing about this. So when he snaps and apparently bringing everybody back, we don't know everybody's back yet. Because they don't just magically appear at that moment. No. Thanos magically appears almost at that moment, and that's when shit Time goes travel. down. <laughs> yes. Well, we know that uh, people are back because the birds are back, and um, Hawkeye gets a call from his family. Yeah, that's right. His phone rings. Um, but obviously the other Avengers are all over the world, and uh, it's a matter of trying to get them all coordinated, which is what I suppose for the next, I guess, 20 minutes is what Doctor Strange is doing is just teleporting like mad yes so um we don't see that obviously but yeah he's rounding up he's rounding up everybody um and then we have our new final battle beginning where thanos is coming to get uh to to get the gauntlet again uh to get the stones again uh and the and vindictively pretty much wipe out all life on earth because he's pissed off at earth because the avengers done pissed him off Yes. And so uh, we kind of have like a, a, a battle, uh, you know, in this moment. And then and then you kind of have that whole like, oh, everybody shows up. Well, no. <laughs> First we get a pretty, pretty cool fight scene as the three main Avengers, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man all face off against Thanos on their own. And still largely get their butt kicked. And then we get the cool scene where Steve Rogers is deemed worthy of the power of Thor. And is uh, wielding Yonmir. Yes, that, that got a big roaring applause out of our theater. <laughs> mine as well. That one got a good, good, great applause as 
everything uh, looks like they're going their way, and it was largely, but then he then he marshals his uh, troops. As, yeah, they have the upper hand against, in a three-on-one battle, but he still has all the um, uh, black hand, his um, uh, henchmen that all died in the last movie, because they're there now, the Chitauri army and the entire army from Infinity War all set to attack and destroy Earth, and it looks as bleak as it can be. Oh, yeah, they just come out of nowhere. And in that moment, though, about that fight scene, one thing that kind of bothered me about that scene is because Thanos, at that moment, already saw the future, already saw that they're coming back to stop him. I feel like at that moment, you had Tony Stark basically unconscious, laying on the ground. You had Captain America, at that point, was... I would say almost out of life as well. I feel like he could have easily killed off both of them in that scene. Yeah. And, and instead of like just, oh, let me get the rest of my troops here. It's like you have this person where you could just step on their head and kill them. No, I, I don't remember where Tony was. He was facing no, he, off. He, remember he threw off Tony. Tony went unconscious. He hit oh. like a rock or something. you know. And I think he had Thor cornered or something. And that's when the hammer hit him. Oh yeah, and then yeah. and then that's where Rogers comes in. They had their big fight scene, but then Thanos gets the upper hand on Rogers, and Rogers is laying there with blood coming out of his mask. But he's like, good. I mean, I'm thinking, oh crap, he's gonna kill Captain uh, Captain America right but now, then he and then gets, he does it. You know, well he he says, then he does his big villain speech saying, "I'm going to destroy this plan out of petty spite," and then we hear over from a uh, Cap's communicator, um, uh, Steve on your six from a uh, from Falcon, and then. What really is just one of the best scenes, and it's well shot, it's well scored, and it's just that triumphant scene that you love to see in these kinds of movies as his troops appear out of nowhere, and it's just a feel-good moment. You're rolling your eyes, because once again, you're dead inside. Yes. You're dead inside. I thought it was so cliché. You are and I'll dead. tell you what, the audience reaction of portal opens, these guys, yeah! And then this portal opens, and Black Panther's crew, yeah! And then this portal opens, and then you've got Spider, yeah! Ladies and, and gentlemen, I, this man is dead inside. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm watching WrestleMania. This is this is everybody having their entrance at the Royal Rumble. Oh, here comes Vince McMahon with the walk. And then, boom, here comes The Undertaker. And then, boom, here Damn comes right. this guy with the chair. Oh, and this guy's hiding under the ring. That's first what I'm all, seeing the whole time. I'm, I'm like, am I watching a Royal Rumble right now? First of like, all, don't you the, the audience, the, the, audience the audience is reacting like it is the Royal Rumble. Oh, it's in the Oh, this guy. Oh, oh my God. Stone Cold. It's Stone Cold. Exactly how this and it whole was awesome. scene played. That's a WWE event, and there's and nothing like, wrong with that. No, it's cliche and stupid. It was fun. It was the moment that had to happen. You knew that they were going to come. It's the only way to do it. It was fun. It was feel good. You don't need to hate things that are cliche. They can be fun if they're done right. This one was done right. Okay. I, hate, I know I'm moment. in a very small majority that hate this film. Minority. You said majority. You're in yes. a very small minority. It's yes, very, very small. small. 
Probably 4%. I think they, I think the movie is trailing like 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I am in that 4%, and I know it, but I have my reasons, and I'm explaining my reasons. You are, but that is a reason. <laughs> they're irrational, and you're wrong. And well, I don't like cliche. What's wrong with the, Hold on, hold on. What's wrong with saying I don't like something cliche? Because sometimes That's like people they who work. watch. I, listen, like, just to throw a completely another example out there horror movies. A lot of people say, I hate cliche horror movies that do the same thing over and over again. And yet, and I understand that. I don't say you're a fucking idiot. Like I don't talk to them like that. I understand you don't like things that are. But cliche. you like those, though. <laughs> you like whole cliche horror movies. I do. Okay, but I'm I don't to, like this. I'm willing to admit your uh, accept your uh, argument, but you're also a hypocrite. Okay. But we get the final battle scene. Everyone gets their heat on. Everyone gets to um, show how good they are. Everyone gets to also get knocked down a notch a bit. And then you get this moment where Spider-Man gets rescued by Captain Marvel. And she's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go kick Thanos' asses. And Spider-Man Multiple repli- asses. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to kick Thanos' ass. And he replies with, by yourself? And then all of a sudden you had that moment where all the girls, no, she's got help. And then you had that moment where all the girls got to fight. It's like the girls only club. I thought that was fun. I did not. Of course, that got a big reaction out of the audience, too. Yeah, all the girls! And I'm like, eh, it's stupid. It was, once again, so I'm why, watching So why couldn't Peter Parker join the group? Because he was hurt. He slumped oh, down in the back. Everybody who was hurt stopped fighting? He slumped down in the back. <laughs> he, he, he just got his butt kicked. He needed at least, you know, a minute to have a breather. Give the brother a break. Let him get a breather. That kid's got more energy than anybody else does. <laughs> Come on, he put his suit in instant kill mode. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I didn't like that either. I thought that was like they didn't need to do that. Said, well, I did. One thing I want to say is I liked the Chekhov's gun of um uh, of it all with um uh, Pepper Potts Iron Man suit, where they say, "Oh yeah, I got this as an anniversary present for your mother. She never wears it. She never really likes anything. I get her." And then yes. she wears it in the final scene. I'm like, "Oh, Chekhov's gun appears. Nice. Good work, Marvel." <laughs> I thought that was a fun scene overall. And once again, and it looks like maybe Thanos beats them, though, because they're planning to send everything back. The 1970s, 80s hoopty van gets destroyed. Yes. So it has to become a battle for the glove. And he gets his hands on the glove. And, and even in this whole final battle scene, which, by the way, like, you know, I'm kind of ripping everybody's entrance on it, but... When the battle's taking place, there's several moments in this battle, and this is one thing I did like about this storyline. There's several moments where you're thinking you're like, I'm thinking, holy cow, Thanos may still pull this off. Like he had he had the gauntlet in his hand at one point. Yeah. And that's when Parker, I think, ripped it out of his hand. You know, and then he got it again, like a second time. Yeah. And at this time, like you kind of knew Stark had already taken the stones out of it, but like he snapped his fingers and nothing happened. Well, no, he had it when he was fighting Captain Marvel, and yeah, it, the only reason he was able to beat her was he took a stone out and was able to get a punch off. Yeah, a cheap shot. And and so there was moments in there where I'm like, oh my god, I was like, how cool is this going to be if Thanos still like snaps his fingers and like, like. This whole movie goes in another direction, like and another, which is really what I was hoping for. And in, in this, way, I was like, "Oh, please, please don't be that typical, like, you know, do what you did in Infinity War, which is they why said, I liked it so much. Do something that's different." And 
This is was, the redemption. And, and, and they kind of had that. They had moments where I thought they were going to do something different, you know, but it ended up. This is the redemption arc. Out. This is the Rocky two to Rocky one, and Rocky two is better than Rocky one. That's what this is. That's it's, none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> this is the redemption. This is them getting, setting things right. And yeah, you get a great scene where he's, he says, "I'm inevitable." Yeah, well, I'm Iron Man, and I liked that. His Whoa, last, his yeah. last. Tony Stark's last spoken words are the same as the last words he had in the first movie. Because that speech that you hear from him is pre-recorded, so it doesn't count. Correct. But his last words are, I'm Iron Man. And he erases Thanos and all of his armies. Yep, so he snaps he them. He dusts them. He snaps them you? away. Um, And, you know, just to... And th- this is an is- a part where an issue does come up for me. This is the Thanos from 2014. He's been unexisted. Now you've screwed up the timeline. Well, we're, oh, we're getting into that. I'm glad you brought that up. We're getting into that, but real quick. So Tony Stark is dead. I'm crying. I'm not crying. I'm like, okay, well, this was predicted. Um, they, they did. And, they, and they, they try to perfectly. amp up the emotional as of the and funeral. And, you know, and, then the, and then they're all sitting around the fireplace watching the video. And then you cut to where, okay... Um, uh, Captain America is now going to go put the stones back to where they belong, yes. and he'll be back. And then you know it's like ten seconds later, he doesn't show up. And then they realize, oh, he did show up. He's sitting on the bench. You go over there, and now it's old man Chris Evans. Yes, uh, old Chris man Evans. Cap. Old man Cap sitting there, and he's like, well, you know, somebody Steve told me Rogers. one day. Steve Rogers. He's like, somebody told me once that I should, uh, you know, try to live life a little bit. You go, so I just I lived life, and. And I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. And, you know, again, going back to what you were just saying, where I've got issues with the movie, too. I mean, just I, this whole timeline thing just built up issues after issues for me. But anyways, so he comes back as old man Cap in current present day. But now he's like, I don't know, what, 70 years old or whatever. Well, he looks and, at least looks 70. Remember, he has yeah. the super soldier. He's probably somewhere in his hundreds because if he went back to the 50s. That's yeah. another 70 years. Yeah. I'd say he was 20 when he became Cap. He's somewhere in his 90s. Yep. And now we kind of, we also cut back to, we see a couple of other Flash. We see the Flash of Stephen Lang and, you know, and his wife and daughter hanging on the porch. Like, everybody's adapting to the life now. Right. And, with um, all uh, their loved ones here's, back. Here's one thing I do want to say. Apparently, every single member of Peter Parker's class was among the dusted. Oh, I agree. It wasn't, it wasn't 50% of his class. Every classmate of his was none dusted. of them aged. None of them aged because they were, and they all, all went back to school. Dusted. Like, well, you would go back to school after but five years. You're still that's the grade you were in. Okay, I'd be like, hey, I'm five years older. I don't go to school no more. I'm 19. You don't got a degree. <laughs> you need, um, your, you need, but yeah, I, I agree. I, apparently, everybody in his universe did not in his, in his did not survive class. the snap because his aunt, who we haven't seen yet, but I doubt she aged five years. She might none have. of his none of his friends aged five years. We nobody know from aged, the trailers. Nobody aged five years yeah. in his life. <laughs> Which lucky for him, I guess. That's like winning the lottery. Yeah. That'd be like, Brad, you and every single person you know in your entire life, coworkers, family, friends, well, everybody you know is wiped out except you. <laughs> that would suck. I, I was actually gonna suggest um that we make a cheap joke and say 
Metal, it's been about five years since I saw you. Where have you been, man? Yeah. I've been dust. Oh, you got into the drugs again. All right. So, uh, I, I guess that's kind of where the movie ends, right? Yeah, pretty I mean, much. There was no end credit scene. Spoilers for that. Don't wait around because there's just an end credit sound of Tony working on the steel. Yep. Which I think I don't think a lot of people would even catch that if you're too busy waiting for a scene. You would hear mm-hmm. the noise and you'd be like, oh, noise. Oh, oh scene, scene, scene. Oh, no scene. Wait, what was... They're like, just the noise? What's the noise? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that was uh, that was where that is. But yeah, so... Okay, um, let's break down the timeline shenanigans, I guess. Well, before we get to that, like, uh, how about you tell me overall, like, where does this kind of rank in your Avengers Universe movies? This movie... And, and you know, like, I mean, is it... Yeah, t- tell, me, tell me your thoughts. Of all the Avengers movies, I suppose, it's the most... And this may sound harsh, unsubstantial. It is more on the side of a summer blockbuster movie than a serious movie. It's more of on the side of the original Avengers movie than, say, Captain America 2, Civil War, and all what they were from the first Avengers on, where they were starting to tell this serious story. This was typical Hollywood blockbuster fluff with a little bit of seriousness thrown in. But overall, I enjoyed every bit of it. Is it one of my top five Marvel films? No. Is it well um, deserving of the to end of this saga? Yes, because all stories come to an end, and you like them to have a happy ending. If I could relate it to the real world, it's sort of like the Tour de France, I suppose, because the Tour de France is decided well before the final stage, when they run, roll into Paris, France. And that's just a victory lap for the person who won. And that's largely what this can be felt as, as they're just trying to piece together how to win. And it's just a fun movie. It moves along quickly, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah, I will. I mean, I feel like uh, the Avengers movies are popcorn movies. They're action movies. They're, you know... I. I try not to take them as like super serious, but I'm not a big fan. Like Avengers, the first Avengers movie, I remember my biggest problem with the movie was I did not feel like it was a standalone movie. I felt like it was a direct sequel to Thor and I did not like the Thor movie. So I'm like, all right, so now I'm watching a sequel to a movie I did not like with extra characters. <laughs> so that was my big problem with the first Avengers movie. And Civil War, we did a review of Civil War on, on our podcast here. And if you were calling that, I wasn't a fan of that movie. That movie, I just didn't like. Mostly, I felt like the movie was spoiled before seeing it. You had the big uh, scene at the airport, you know, that was given away in the in the preview. And I felt like you're just waiting two and a half hours for that scene to happen. And then it happens, you know, because he was spoiled for the preview. Uh, so I had problems with that. Then Infinity War became like my a huge surprise for me because you had a threatening bad guy who kills a main character in the first five minutes of the movie with him killing Loki. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, I like this guy. I was like, and he has a plan. I'm getting these stones. I'm going to wipe out half the universe. Here's why I'm doing it. I think what I'm doing is a good thing. And then when I'm done, I'm going to kick back, relax, enjoy retirement. 
And, and he got to do and that. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do, even though I'm watching the movie the whole time thinking, all right, the heroes are going to get them. They're going to get one of the stones. Like, something's going to And it doesn't happen. So that was the big shock. I was like, oh, my God. The bad guy won this movie. Yes. Wiped out had the, did exactly what he was going to do. I was like, this is a fantastic movie. And I absolutely loved it. Then this movie comes out. And before this movie came out, I... I had said this several times. I really, really, really hope they do not go back in time to change the future or to bring people back. I was like, I don't want them to do that because I feel like it's a cheap cop-out. It's like you have this great masterpiece of Infinity War and this movie just throws it in the garbage. It says, you no, didn't. no, we're, we're going to do this instead. But they still were destroyed for five years. They Went back in time to get stones, but the people were still dusted for five years. There are still going to be implications for that. Yeah, and and that's where it goes back to, like, when Stark had originally said early in the movie, like, yeah, look, I'm happy with my life. I've moved on. Like, I don't want to do Like, to me, as a fan... I went in the movie with that same exact thought as, as as Tony Stark did in the movie. I'm like, but you knew I that want... that wasn't going to happen. You knew that the point of this movie was to undo what happened. But they could have done something different. Just like they could have surprised us with something different, like they did in Infinity War. Well, to be quite honest, that that was a lot of surprise for you, but for a lot of comic book fans, people thought that that would happen eventually because that's what happens in the Infinity Saga in the comics. He destroys half the life in the Earth. In the comic books, they still win. It's not the end. It's a conflict. It's a problem. They just chose to tell it over two movies. This is two movies, one story. And now we can get into the whole timeline thing. And this is where my problems build up even more. Uh, like we just talked about how big plot hole there with Spider-Man. Apparently nobody in his universe disappeared for five years. He's that, the only that, one. Um, that's one issue I have. And, and you kind of alluded to this too. And, and, you know, and this is like the big one is you, you go back to the past and in the past, you bring Gamora to your future but then you put the stones back in the past and you leave her in the future. Yeah. I have a problem with that. Um, and with Thanos and his whole army coming from the past into the future and then you wipe them out in the future. Now you're saying on that timeline, they never existed. And Gamora technically just vanishes out of thin air from the past to never be seen again. And that whole timeline... Is, is for me I, I, now I'm interested in that timeline I want to see how that story plays out with well, that, well let's, let's see a timeline in... where Thanos doesn't exist let's see a timeline where uh, Quill never meets Gamora because she doesn't exist so how does Thor's or how does Quill's life play out without her ever being involved um, and same with Nebula like I, I she never exists uh, well she shoots I, herself so that's also confusing but I think, and then and, and then I'm you got, to, uh, and then you got Steve Rogers. At some point, he fights himself. Well, in that case, and then, it, and then he's like, and then he's gonna live the rest of his life. Like that, that one time, 
I, I fought myself. <laughs> well, you see, this is the quantum theory of it all. And then, Those and then too, obviously like, exist. Like he in... goes back in the past again to put the stones back, but this time he decides to stay in the past. So therefore, he's messing up a whole other timeline now because now he's going to stay in the past where his real past self is still going to live and be Captain America. But now there's a second Captain America living in that life who's just hiding well, in a, a house. A Steve Rogers is. A Steve Rogers. He might not be being Captain America at all, but it's that actually, the Captain Rogers one is the really only dangling thread because the rest of them can be said, yeah, those are now just subsequent subset timelines that we will never see, that they're frayed. But otherwise, a wealth, just like when you turn to the left instead of turning right, it's just another timeline. We could we see that? Sure, but it doesn't affect the timeline we've seen in the major MCU universe. That's I just hate this I mean and and this is another reason why I really dislike this movie is I I personally and I'm like this with all movies, with all these future movies, like time traveling and timeline stuff, like I and with this movie I felt like I felt like the writers they could have came up with something different. I agree. Those guys, they were going to come back, but how were they going to come back? I mean, I had a lot of ideas in my head of how I would have liked this movie to play out. And just to throw one of them out there, I was thinking about that episode of The Twilight Zone that we talked about in the last podcast with the mom and her son, where regardless of what they did, that cop still found them and trouble still happened. And regardless if she was nice to that cop and bought him a slice of pie and and try to, like, be nice to him before he can be mean to her, it still turned against her. Like, it kind of made me think, this movie should play out as, well, what's meant to be is going to be. Which but means if, if Thanos wipes out these people and you go back and try to change it, he's still going to wipe out the people in a different way but he still wiped them out they they just brought them back they were wiped out it still happened but he, now he comes in from the past and, and got defeated and now he doesn't exist and never existed like that's and, that and that's what i'm just like I, I i hate that's why i hate the time travel thing go back to terminator i mean terminator one and two were cool they're fun movies and then you get carried away with all of the time traveling in the ne- in the next three or four movies they did when the whole time I'm thinking to myself, all right, the easy fix on this is you send somebody back to the 1800s and you kill every ancestor of Sarah Connor before guns were even invented. Like wipe them out. And then she never exists. John never exists. But in my world, if they did that, somebody else would become the new Sarah Connor and John Connor and still fight Skynet. Like that's where I'm thinking like you do that, but then, the world's still going to work the way it needs to work and somebody else is going to... Maybe the Connors don't do it, but these people do it. Or maybe you take out Thanos, but somebody else, some other form of evil does something like... I I mean, I'm just thinking there's so many different ways they could have gone with this if they really had to use the whole time travel thing to where it's still going to course correct itself. And for me, I look at it as Thanos wiped those people out. They should have been wiped out. And... There shouldn't have been a way to bring them back. Because then now I'm thinking, I have this other theory, man. So so when Thanos wiped them out, where did they go? They were just dusted. They were in the Soul Stone probably, but they didn't really address that. But they they were dead. They were 
their souls were somewhere like they weren't interacting they were with each other. They Is this were like being in the persons. quantum realm where they're just gone for five minutes and then they appear again? Or, you know, did they were they living in like a like a like a prison, like a soul prison? How about we for, I, I mean that, that that's where I also have I'm like so if they weren't dead dead for five years, well, first of all, they were somewhere because they didn't age when they came back. Like nobody aged five years later when they came back from wherever they were. So they were, maybe they were in some sort of quantum realm thing, like what Ant-Man goes through where he, he could be in there for five years, but for him, it's only, for us, it's only, you know, for us, it's five years, for him, it's five seconds. So was, were they stuck in something like that where, yeah, we were there for five years, but for us, it was like 10 seconds. It was like, we turned to dust, we're in this cloud thing, and then all of a sudden, we're back out here on the battlefield. Like, it, they never addressed that, which that pisses me off too. Well, like, they really I, didn't have that much time. Because no, they didn't, but again, these are plot holes, and you're trying to wrap up the whole story and have it make sense, and instead instead of them trying to explain some of that, no, we got to spend 20 minutes to introduce every character coming out of the portal and have their wrestling moment where they're walking down the runway to the ring so the whole audience can cheer them on. See, I would take that out and bring them back, but explain where they were at. Explain why they didn't age five years. And if they didn't age five years, why not? Like, uh, I had uh, somebody I know, my cousin, actually, was we were talking theories and stuff before the movie. And he kind of had this thought, too, where, uh, you know, this is just something that I guess was circling around, is that at some point during Infinity War, Doctor Strange started some sort of hallucinating alternate world. And Thanos thought... He had wiped out the universe, but technically Thanos was in his own world by himself, and everybody else was over here, and Strange was going to open up that portal again and be like, see, we made you think Thanos won, and really, we were all here, and he was over here with our ghosts. <laughs> so, I I mean, I don't really care about that theory either, but at least to me, like that theory would make more sense since Doctor Strange is a wizard and he could do that shit, but... Yeah, I, I just have way too many problems with this movie, especially with that the, the 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 timeline and everything getting mixed up and and screwed up. And I mean, I would have liked the movie more if they went back in time and screwed up the timeline. And then when they quantum realm the back to present day, everything would be different. Just like in Back to the Future, where Marty Boy. screws up, comes comes into the future, and he's like, "Whoa, what the hell?" You know, and, and like everything's wrong. Well, everything's wrong because he screwed up and. You know, uh, <laughs> he got the the all the Mac got out and Biff became king of the world because yeah, because well, of it. Like, why? I just wondered, like, why couldn't that happen? And it's it's just I've got I could talk for hours on all my issues with this movie. So, but at the end of the day, the moral of the story for me is I'm not a fan of this time travel stuff because it opens up more possibilities for questions and debates and plot holes and for me i just i don't know i just loved infinity war so much i thought it was such a great movie and it was like a cliffhanger but at the same time it it did the unexpected and i guess i went into this movie having hopes that maybe they would bring everybody back and make everybody happy but then the world the universe would correct itself and say nope 
that's not supposed to happen and it's going to correct itself again. Like that's at least what I was kind of hoping would happen. Like, But the whole theory behind this is this wasn't supposed to happen. They're correcting a wrong. They're correcting something that wasn't supposed to happen. What? Thanos was never supposed to get the stones? I mean, he got the stones. I mean... It's not like they cheated to get the stones. They used their ingenuity. I'm talking about in, in Infinity War. Thanos followed through with his plan. He didn't cheat and time travel. How is time travel cheating? Well, they went back in the past to grab the stones and prevent them from thinking they were going to undo everything by going into the past. Well, because he by destroying the time, by destroying the stones in the first place. If he doesn't destroy them, it doesn't matter. They just bring them back. Well, you know, I mean, I guess... If, they ha- if he hadn't have destroyed the time stones and then had just decided, oh, I'm going to scatter them all around the universe again, then this wouldn't have happened that way. Well, I mean, he could just hold on to them and just snap his fingers four or five more times and just continue to wipe everybody out. <laughs> well, that, wasn't his, that re- wasn't his point originally. No, it wasn't. I mean, what he thought he was doing was he was doing good for humanity. And I guess in the beginning of this movie, like when you get to the five years later thing, you... I feel like you kind of see that. Like, we see a different Tony Stark. We see a different Thor. We see, you know, some of these characters living a, a different life. It's a life they've accepted. The world isn't chaotic. I mean, it's not post-apocalyptic. It's not zombie land. You know, life moved on without those people. And I'm sure in that in that reality... Those people, some of those people, maybe they lost their husband or their wife or their children. They met somebody new. They started a new life with children. And then all of a sudden, somebody that vanished five years ago is going to show up knocking on the door like, oh, hey, uh, remember me? Oh, yeah, I remember you, but you, I thought you were dead five years ago and now you're back, but I'm married to this person now and I have kids and I have a dog and you're allergic to dogs. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I see what I'm saying? It's, it just plays with all the morals of like what I... Why I don't like the whole time traveling. Well, once again, what it comes down to is they were never really dead. The dead people stayed dead. But, okay, so now here's another plot hole. Let's say they weren't dead. They were just stuck in this thing or whatever. The only way to get them out was to snap your fingers to get them out of it. So what if the fingers never get snapped? Where are they? They just stay in this cloud but not really dead for the rest of their lives? Do they die in that life? Uh, I mean, that's that's another plot hole question I have. That's not really... You're, now you're just starting to overthink everything on it. Of course! But if, if he would have snapped their fingers, they would have vanished, died or whatever. And this story... If this story would have never brought them back, but yet, you know, they go to Thanos... They kill him. Another threat comes into the world of the Avengers. Maybe the Avengers recruit other Avengers. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you did that with this movie, I would have been satisfied with it. So I'm like, wow. I was like, they left what happened happen. And but the, the people those... that survived, there was plenty of Avengers that survived the snap. They could have formed a new team to carry on with life and carry on avenging and fighting the next yeah, you know the next adapting the story of the infinity stones and in the story they come back this is an adaptation okay they're adapting a story they're telling the story 
somewhat close to what happened in the comics. I thought in the comics Captain Marvel just kills Thor. Or I'm not Thor, Thanos. Like I said, it's an adaptation, but in the the end result in the comics is the people come back. That was going to be the end result. Everyone knew that going in. Well, I I assume they were as well. But I'm just saying, I guess, you know, I had higher hopes that in this movie they were going to try to do something we didn't see coming. Something unexpected. And I felt like in this movie, there was hints that, oh, oh, maybe this is going to happen. Oh, they're messing with the timeline. Maybe they're going to mess up the future now. And well, and then it's see. like, oh, Thanos is going to get the upper hand on him because he could read her mind. And I'll, I'm just thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, I was like, they're, they're toying with the idea that, like, this isn't going to play out like how everybody thinks it's going to play out. And then it still played out that no, way. They no, were, they were laying down obstacles because the more obstacles, the better the, um, uh, when the heroes overcome those obstacles, the better the feeling. Yeah, because I would say, I, I mean, while watching the movie, I, you know, when the, when the talk of going back. Because even, even War Machine brings it up. Why don't we just go back to baby Thanos and break his neck? <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, that would make the most sense. But you know what? If you're going to go back in time and change history, why not go back in time and stop Hitler? Why not go back in time, stop school shootings or stop 9-11 or stop Kennedy from getting assassinated? There's a million things in the past you can stop if you have that ability to time travel. And that's why I don't like the introduction of time travel in the first place. Because when you have that power of time travel... They were going to now, now now morals kick in. You're like, well, what, what do I fix? In this oh, case, I, oh, let's not fix Hitler, Brad, but we're going to go stop this that happened five years ago instead. Like, I mean, that would be like me having power of time travel and say, you know what, I'm going to use it to make a decision on, on a date that I, I, I regret. Well, that'd be pretty selfish, wouldn't it? When I could go stop a school shooting or stop something else? Once right? again, <laughs> this is trying to stop the destruction of half the life in the universe. Not on, but just if you wiped it, but oh, and that's the other thing. Before Thanos snapped on Earth, yeah, I, re- I rewatched Infinity War at the beginning of the movie. He's wiping out other life forms on other planets. Well, he's doing. Why don't it. you want to stop him before he does that? He's doing it one by one. He wants to do it faster. <laughs> but but you want to just stop him from doing it to Earth, but none of the others. No, to bring back the lives he destroyed in the snap. That's and, the only and, thing. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing he can bring back because. Uh, Hulk made mention he tried to bring Black Widow back, but she was dead. Yep. There's a difference, I think, between stopping deaths with the Infinity Gauntlet and stopping whatever nebulous thing that happened to the Avengers at the end of Infinity War was. But we are well over time. I, we I, are... I know, but I, I still have another thought on that. Because you took Gamora from the past... Brought her into the future, and she's staying in the future. Well, now. no, I don't now, see her on the ship. I don't know where she went. They didn't really address that. She's she's on the ship. She's staying. She did. They didn't go drop her back off with the stones, or else they would have they would have addressed that. She's on the ship there, and I could have sworn when they were having that whole discussion about the the fighting and the knife, could have sworn she was in the background in that scene. Um, but because I'm like, so you brought her back, but morality. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm Thor, wouldn't I say, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, I want to go get my brother before he dies. 
and bring him to this future? Why didn't he bring that up? Well, it's like, well, that... well, my brother died on this day. You well, brought Gamora. You brought us. Why can't I just take one, one more? Sh- I want to go back three days before Loki dies. I want to grab him and I want to bring him here well, because... into this future so I can be with my brother again. I like, think the I technology think was destroyed. That. <laughs> yeah, but because that big one was destroyed, and the one in the back of the van was destroyed. Yeah, but you you've opened up where they can build them again. Well, Tony Stark's I'm, dead. Well, I'm assuming Ant-Man's going to have more movies. You think Ant-Man's not going to build it? Well, movie? he was, but he didn't have the um, equation to get the time travel done, so... Understood. But we are at, whoo, 80 minutes. Wow. I knew this was going to be a long one. That's why I was like, hey, let's do it at my house with some Happy Meals. You need more Happy Meals. Be more happy. Um, this has been episode... 100 of the Hillcrest duo. Um, I am Brad Risto. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Risto. He is Metal John. And you can follow me on Twitter at Metal John Radio. Uh, I am in the 4%. Thank you, everyone, for listening. He needs more Happy Meals. I'm just going to shove him down his throat. This has been the Hillcrest duo. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>